Hi, I'm April Lovett. And I'm Daryl Lovett. We've been together for six years, and we have a sweet and sassy little girl, an adorable and talkative little boy, and our fur child, our dog, Lainey. <laughs> oh. That's funny, huh? Hi, I'm April Lovett. And I'm Daryl Lovett. We've been together for six years, and we have a sweet and sassy little girl, an adorable and talkative little boy, and our fur child, our dog, Lainey. That's right. We also work our nine-to-five jobs together, we teach together, and we own the Lovett Company. We do so much together, and we wanted to share some of our tips and tricks for living out our 24-7 relationship. That's right. A relationship that is all day, every day. Plus, we wanted to share with you how we managed to run our business alongside full-time jobs and still find time for kids, chores, and fun. So in this podcast, the Success in Black and White podcast, we will talk about navigating the gray in life. So get ready, get ready, get ready. We're going to be bringing to you Real Talk concepts every week as we share some of our stories, best practices, as well as talk to guests about how they found success by doing extraordinary things in their everyday lives. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Success in Black and White. The podcast. We are back one more again. We are back one more again. Yes, we are. We are coming to you live. From the house. As always. Yeah. <laughs> so, what do we have for him tonight? Well, we've got another buzzwords busted buzzwords busted yes i'm excited for this one but i did pour us a little bit fuller glasses of wine because i think we're gonna need it tonight for this one is that kind of it's that kind of buzzwords. oh my goodness so tonight we are on the heels of the dnc in 2020 just in case you're like listening to this in 40 years and you're like what were they talking what about what were they talking about yeah. <laughs> so we're literally on the heels of the dnc and we are coming up to we are like on what if if you're not on the heels what are you on if it's at the if you're right before it i don't know the the um phrase for that i don't know we have to find that one we'll out. have to find that one out but we are literally right before the R rnc yeah yeah. Yeah. The Republican National Convention. That's right. Um, so that starts next week. So Democratic National Convention last week, Republican National Convention this week. It looks a little bit different than it has in past years yes. because of coronavirus. So yes. everything is kind of just not what we expected. The Democrats were all in, were all virtual. Um, I think the Republicans... I don't exactly know everything they have planned. I think there will be a little bit of travel, a little bit of in-person, but it's not going to be exactly what they thought either. So we thought we would take this opportunity right in the middle of those two things and talk to you all about fake news. Fake news. So. It's it's one of those words that um, has reared its head recently within the past couple of years. Yep. And it's one that a lot of people have kind of taken and, and made jokes of and you see them in the memes and mm-hmm. um, you hear people using it all the time in so many contexts yeah and um i'm glad that we're going to talk about it and i think that we're going to do justice with explaining to you mm-hmm. the history behind fake news and historical context yeah behind the buzzword fake news that's being used that has been used or that has been recognized more yeah. so in the recent history. 
I, f I feel like people tend to, like you said, either think it's a joke or dismiss the term altogether since Donald Trump started infamously using the term fake news all over the place. And we'll talk a little bit about why he does that. Um, but I just feel like this is a really good episode to stick in right now. We are right before the the presidential primary election. Right. Um, it, what are we, August? Yeah, so November is the primary election. We're coming up on it, and I just feel like there's an uptick in the amount of political stories that we hear about and that we read and that you see on social media. Um, and so I think it's important to just talk about where this term comes from. What does it actually mean versus right. what should it mean? <laughs> um, and the different ways that when people use it, you know, how yeah, it's being how used. How it's interpreted. Yeah, how it's interpreted. So, and the intent behind, you know, who's using it and when they're using it. Yeah, absolutely. So, as always, I am coming to you guys tonight with... Research. <laughs> <laughs> Research. Yes. I have a lot of data, but I think that this is important. And I was going through it and I'm like, wow, this is just, it's just really enlightening to understand how my fellow Americans kind of think. Yeah. Um, and so this, what I'm, the stats I'm going to tell you guys is from the Pew Research Center study. It's a study in 2019. Uh-huh. I think that it's good that we're going to start off with this. I know I give you a hard time about the you research do. and stuff, but you know what? I think for laying the foundation and the framework of yeah. what we're going to really get to and address later on in the episode, I think this really gives you insight and kind of really let you know the foundation of where we're coming from. And also, I think that this is just good information because when I was reading through it, I actually read through it um and i was like wow you know some of it jumped out at me and some of it was like ah oh, that makes sense mm -hmm. um so i think that this is a good framework and a good foundational piece to kind of kick off to what we're going to be talking about later on in the episode good i actually learned a lot too when i was going through all this research okay so the pew research center did this study in early 2019 so even from there we're in august of 2020 and typically, if you're looking, I mean, even like a decade back, research is still considered relevant. But I think that in this like time of politics and the changing social media networks, I think this is still relevant. But I can see some areas where I would be like, hmm, I might think like that might change a little bit. I don't know. So I'll let you guys make up your minds. One piece of context that I want to put behind this before I even start like spouting off stats is that... When Pew Research did this study, they did not define, first of all, they did not use the term fake news. And we'll kind of talk about that a little bit later about why that term, they decided not to use that term. And they, they so what they use is made up news instead of fake news. And so they decided to not actually define that term when they were putting it out in these surveys to people. And that's for a reason, and it's because of what you said that everybody like has their own interpretation of what is fake news or made up news. So what? So the first step is that fifty percent, literally like fifty, I think it was like fifty-one, fifty percent of Americans see made up news as a bigger problem in America than violent crime, climate change, racism, illegal immigration, terrorism, and sexism 
And I think this is the one that threw me for a loop when I was thinking about like, how would that change to 2020 is I don't know if racism would be below fake news at this point anymore, but it, it could still be I don't know, because fake news is very prevalent. Um, you know, I think that when you're talking about when this was done, and the statistic that you just gave, with racism specifically, um, I feel like it's still kind of in line because of how the narrative of the different components of how racism is being talked about and addressed. Um, if you think about some of the things that are going on with some of the killing of unarmed black men and then how the media after a while kind of dives and try to discredit the person by digging up history and putting mm -hmm. out those stories um, or even trying to, you know, shift people's um, thoughts and perceptions about certain things. So I think that it's in line, even though when you talk about um, people thinking that it's more important or less important, those might have shifted. But I think the context of it being, you know, on the playing field, I'll use that on the playing field, I think it's still prevalent. So it, it may inform racism or inform these other issues. Right. Okay. Um, some more stats. Most Americans see made-up news, as Pew Research says, as detrimental to the country's democratic system. 68% of Americans say that made-up news and information has a big impact on their confidence in government. 54% say made-up news has a big impact on their confidence in each other. 51% say it has a big impact on the political leader's ability to get work done. I would like to see the, um, you got to help me with this because it just slipped my mind. Like the people who they surveyed for this, the. Like you want to see the survey poll? Yeah. Or like the respondents? The, the respondents. Is it demographics? Yeah. Like their demographics? Yeah. I would love to see Wait, that. I'm sure they have it on there and I just didn't even go that deep into it. No. I'm, after, yeah. I'm going to go check that out. But yeah. I'm just curious only because I think it was the second stat in that category that you gave. Um, the impact about, on their confidence in each yeah, other. Yeah, confidence in each yeah. other. I'm like, mm, I feel like that, I feel like it should be a lot higher. Mm, okay. Um, so you think more people, you think more Americans, if they were being honest, would say that it has a bigger impact on their confidence in each other? Yes. Okay. Yes. I kind of, I kind of agree with you on that. Yeah, I, that that's just me and my personal opinion. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Okay, so more stats. 79% of Americans believe that steps should be taken to restrict made-up news, and 20% see it as a protected communication under the First Amendment. So, today... Once again, I know you, why you get to that. Okay. Once again, that's why I want to see this survey poll. Yeah. Because that's 79%. I'm just curious as to which side, if you split it down the middle, you have the right side and the left side. Okay. So you're, you're thinking politics. Yes. I'm thinking politics. Okay. Yeah. We're going to get to politics. Okay. okay. I'm like, which side for that particular stat, not for yeah. anything else that we're going to talk about for that particular stat, 79%. So we are going to get to politics, but before we do that, I want to, so for that actual question, I was very curious. And while I was typing up these notes today, I actually yeah. put it out on my social media <laughs> and my Instagram stories and just asked a simple poll to my friends, the people who follow me, 
What I said was, do you believe that social media outlets have a duty to remove fake news stories? And one answer was, yes, it needs regulated. And the other answer was, no, that's free speech. So 67% of the people who responded to my story said, yes, it needs to be regulated. And 33% said, no, that's free speech. That's kind of in alignment. I don't know what yeah. what, what the statistics or the, uh, the analysis of it and all that stuff, but like... 79% and the 20% yeah. and the 67% or the 67% and the 33% like mm -hmm. that's pretty you know it's still on the same <laughs> yeah, say it for me I'm trying to say it but you know what well, I'm saying well you still have the majority who is saying yeah. basically the same thing like they believe that somebody should be regulating fake news stories yeah right and I think that's super interesting. And I think it's interesting. It probably also was the way that I worded it. I obviously didn't have the survey from Pew Research, so I have no idea how they worded it. But the way I worded it was, first of all, a duty to remove fake news stories, not just regulate. Yeah. Um, and then secondly, I did put in there, like, no, that's free speech. Because I wanted people to be like... I feel like when you get on social media, there's kind of a, you either like agree with something or you disagree with something, but <laughs> making sure I put it in the context of like, this is still a first amendment, right? And so we're talking about things that are important because they're constitutional. And at the same time, we're talking about things that are important because it could be spreading misinformation. Right. Right. And so I wanted to balance this too with like, I don't want to get, I don't, I didn't want to give a leading answer. I yeah. guess if, if that makes sense. That, that does. I, and I agree with you too. Um, because also, depending on the people that are answering the question, like it, it politically and also kind of trying to understand the purpose behind you putting that question out. You know how people sometimes think they're, yeah. like, they're like, oh, here you go April again, putting this question out. <laughs> That's I'm probably more, exactly they, what they, they think. They're like, I wonder what she's trying to get at. Hmm, let me see how I want to answer this based on what <laughs> she's trying to get at. Hmm. That's probably exactly what they think. Like, I don't know. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, is that a thing? Researcher bias? Yeah. I don't know. Probably. <laughs> Stockholm syndrome? I don't know. Um, okay. So, most American adults blame political leaders and activists for the creation of made-up news, but they believe that it is up to journalists, which is a completely separate field, career field. They think it's up to journalists to fix it. So politicians and activists are the ones creating it, but people think that journalists have to fix it. I think mm. that's really interesting. And I think it says a lot about where we are as a country. Yeah, definitely. If we're making journalists, like they're the ones who have the responsibility to fix this huge, this huge issue. But that goes back to um, that stat that I talked about earlier about the people trusting each other. That's true. Like, nobody yeah. trusts nobody. They're like, no. well, I don't know. You need to fix it. Well, I don't know. I got it from you, so maybe you need to fix it. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> nobody trusts nobody. That's a great... That's, a, that's true. <laughs> um, about half of Americans say that they've avoided talking to someone because they thought that person would bring made-up news into the conversation. This one makes me, I want to see what demographics said this. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And we kind of had a small conversation, side of conversation about it, um, about how, you know, sometimes people just take headings and titles, which I know we'll talk about a little bit more later. Mm -hmm. And then they create their own news. Their own narrative. It's their easy own narrative. to do on Facebook. Yeah. And, and all they take is 
a title or mm -hmm. you know a quote that somebody put and they make up an entire story yeah to oh the worst not even clickbait clickbait is bad yeah memes are the worst oh my gosh they're yeah. the worst. Sometimes they're funny. I enjoy myself a good meme. I'm not yeah. knocking memes altogether, but memes are the worst, I think, for this because it's like clickbait, but you can't even click on anything. And yeah. so people just share it and then they share their opinion and it may not be the entire story. Right. And it's a meme. <laughs> and it's a meme. Oh, man. Which sometimes are very funny. Yeah. I'm not knocking them. I just They are funny. Some of them are yeah. funny. But what's not funny is... <laughs> When somebody take it and decide to share a whole story that they made up based on a meme That's and true. they have no historical context, no evidence, no statistics, no data. Oh, you know, I don't like that. And they are here. They are here talking about a meme. We talking about a meme. A I'm, meme. Yeah. Look, I'm not. I'm not. I think people can have their opinions. But I prefer when people share, and if you guys follow me on social media, you will see that even if I share an opinion... I'm sharing history and data behind it. Yeah. I just don't, I don't know. Also, it's, all, it's a, people yeah. can share their opinions. Yeah. One of the things though, I, I, I kind of follow you a little bit, but I don't, I can't <laughs> engage really because I ain't got time to be going back and forth. I just don't have the time to be going back and forth with these people. But one of the things that I do like that you do, and, and sometimes I be getting mad, I be wanting to like, you know, talk to some people about coming at you sideways. Um, but anyways, that's for another podcast. That's another podcast. Uh, one of the things that I do admire and like that you do, and I wish more people did, is you state that, like, this is my opinion, but then you also open the floor up for a discussion. Yeah, I don't shut people down unless you they're You never weird. say, this is it, and I'm telling you, mm -hmm. and everybody else, if you don't like it, unfriend me. Yeah, no, I don't. Don't do follow me. Like, you like, hey, help me see it from your perspective. Let's discuss it. And, yeah. I, and I do like that. Whereas I see a lot of people who take a meme and be like, if you don't agree with this meme, unfriend me yeah yeah and i'm just like oh is that serious yeah i just be like scroll <laughs> like i ain't got time to be going back and forth with people over that it's true it's so, true yeah go ahead um okay so in terms of political affiliation so here's your politics involved 62 percent of republican or right-leaning independents say that made-up news is a very big problem while 40 percent of democrats or left-leaning independents say made-up news is a very big problem so it's a lot it's a much higher percentage of re republican identifying individuals saying that that made-up news quote-unquote is a big problem yeah i can see that though yeah, i mean if you think it. about it especially if we're talking about like right now. Yeah. Um, like, you know, their selected or chosen representative. Yeah. You know, is kind of leading the forefront with yeah. that. So I can understand where as of right now in today's time, that scale is tilted like that. Yep, I agree. I agree. That's not hard to see at all. Um, Americans' way of dealing with made-up news are different as well in regards to how politically aware they are. I thought this was very interesting. So America, and, and it's not saying like politically aware as in like one side or the other like of the bipartisan divide. It's saying just like overall politically aware, so no matter how you identify. Americans who scored higher on a quote-unquote politically aware test are more likely to do their own research of the facts behind a story, and Americans who score lowest on this quote-unquote politically aware test are more likely to pass on to pass on made-up news stories and reduce their news intake overall. 
I tried. I, I read that, and I was just kind of like, ooh. <laughs> but, you know, I tried to stay away from it because I have my biases. And I believe that, um, you know, typically people who probably score higher probably read more, and they probably know more, and they probably have more of that data and more of that research and more um, of the information behind it. Mm-hmm. So, of course, they probably scored higher, and they probably will read or learn more about something before they fully commit to it yeah I so think that makes sense. I, I you know i was like huh I, I, and when i said about my bias you know i didn't want to like lean one way or the other i tried to stay yeah. neutral with it about the other part of the statistic that was mentioned yeah well i i think i was i wasn't surprised by people who are i think for the same reason you said people who are more politically aware will do more fact checking i think for the same reasons, they probably, if they're more politically aware, they're doing more reading, they're doing more research anyway. Mm-hmm. I wasn't surprised about the people who are less politically aware, just like simply passing on news stories without fact checking them. That didn't surprise me either. But the thing that did surprise me is that they then reduced their news intake overall. Yeah, because want me to tell you what happens? And this is just Daryl talking, y'all. So I ain't got no statistics behind this, <laughs> no research. But this is what happens. Yeah. I think that they stopped the intake of the news because they're the ones who are sitting up here having all these battles with people. Mm. And then it's just a disconnect. And there's like, whatever. And then, like, not only do they shut down to the people that are going back and forth over this information or lack thereof, mm-hmm. then they're just shutting down. It's like, well, I know I'm right. And to them, they don't feel like they need to further educate themselves. Ah, okay. So I feel like that group that's one, maybe not up to speed or up to par on the information, mm-hmm. don't have it to conversate about or to discuss or to have dialogue about. Mm-hmm. And then when they get into a conversation, it turns into a confrontation and they end up shutting down with that person. But I don't know if they shut down with that person, they shut themselves down to attain it more information which is what they really need to do which could probably happen during an open dialogue Mm, that makes sense that's very good critical thinking you know i think that's smart yeah yeah that was me y'all no research no data behind (laughs) that that, that's just daryl that was you um so let's now that we have talked about the made-up news genre from the pew research center where they absolutely refuse to use the phrase fake news Let's talk about fake news. Yep. Let's put some context behind this term that we are talking about today. Go ahead and give it to the people. I'm, so, I'm ready for this. Okay. So first of all, fake news, this term, we already kind of alluded to this, but this term means very different things to different people. And so we are going to go into a little bit of history, but let's talk about current day. The actual term quote-unquote fake news, Donald Trump credits himself with making up as it pertains to the news that may not actually be fake. Like, it may contain facts and empirical data, but he, regardless of if it has truth behind it and data backing it up, he will still call it fake news if it is any news that cast him in an unfavorable light. So we saw this, we've seen that, well, we've actually seen this over and over again since 2016. So for four years, yep. we've seen Donald Trump um, call any news that is not Favorable. good for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he's called fake news, fake whether news. it's fake or not, you know, and I'm, yep. maybe some of it is fake, 
a lot of it is probably not fake, but he does call it fake. Um, so this term, he says he coined the term, so he's very proud of us. Actually, Hillary Clinton, and I do have research, I will post, by the way, all of our research and all of our studies and stuff in our show notes because I have all of those and I saved them all. Um, but actually, Hillary Clinton said this term on the political stage a few days before Donald Trump ever said it in the political or public arena at all, which I just thought was interesting not to like go toe to toe with Democrat versus Republican candidates and who's saying what, because in 2016, that was a whole other circus. Yeah. Um, but I just thought that was very interesting. So now, um, I think that that term has been put out into the public atmosphere. It's been put out into the political arena by certain actors like Donald Trump and certain other political actors um, on the political stage. Now, it's made it okay for other people to refer to fake news as something that they just don't like. Not It doesn't refer right. to if it's actually fake or if it's actually true, like factual versus not factual. Mm -hmm. It's just like, it's fake news because I don't like it and I don't like hearing it, even uh, if it's true. It. Or yeah, I don't agree with it. Maybe it's yeah. kind of, maybe it's like on the line of like, there's some data, but some of it's opinion. So I don't like it. So I'm gonna call it fake. Um, so there's a lot more of the, just like for the, main reason of I don't agree with it, whether the data is there or not, um, people have been using the term fake news yeah. for four years. Absolutely. And like I said earlier, when we started off in the podcast, that a lot of people have taken it now and it's just like a joke. It's kind of like if someone does something that they don't want to talk about, they're like, oh, don't worry about that. That's just fake news. Yeah, <laughs> it's a fake news. Oh, don't worry about it. It's just fake news. You know what I'm saying? I'm like sorry, for, instance, for instance, I got a buddy, right? I got a buddy and and I messed with him a lot and he and I knew he had went out one evening and had himself a really good time. I'm talking about <laughs> an awesome time. And on his social media, nothing was posted, but some of our other buddies that were with him oh. were doing the snapping and sharing. That's so wrong. I hey, what? <laughs> so I contacted him and I was like, hey, man, I heard you had a great time the other night. Like, you were just out there doing it. He was like, no, nah, I don't believe what you heard, man. That's just fake news. That's fake news. And I'm just like, uh, have you looked on so-and-so <laughs> social media? Because it don't look like fake news to there's me. There's photo you know, evidence. Yeah, there's, there's definitely. And let me tell you, they have video. <laughs> so I'm like, boy, you was in that club showing out. He's like, no, nah, I don't believe what you heard, man. That's fake it's news. Not, not and I'm just like, oh, okay. All right. That's what he said. He's like, that's fake news. I'm like, mm. Oh, man, that's funny. So, <laughs> but that's like I said, people want to, like, it's become like a joke now. Yeah. But also, when people want to, you know, not agree. They want to not agree. Or they think, and, and I think this really occurs in, with, with the different media outlets, you know, and... This is hard because <laughs> journalism in the age of 2020 is still a business. And so there are major advantages to certain news networks leaning one political way versus the other political way. Right. And we really see that. I mean, you see that Fox News tends to be more right, right wing. CNN tends to be more left wing. And so it's not a huge surprise that Donald Trump, who is a Republican or a right wing, 
would be calling something he didn't like that was coming from CNN and it could be political opinion, it could be stories and facts, but the way that they're reporting it is biased towards the left political viewpoint. And so he's calling it fake news. Right. Um, yeah. So, so we also read through an article by The Atlantic, which we'll post in the show notes below. And so it kind of calls this out. And The Atlantic refers to the current media environment in which each news channel seems to lean toward the political extreme at each end of the spectrum. And when Americans see these news channels, they may be hearing facts or they may not be hearing facts, but no matter what they're hearing, it's always biased because it leans toward one way or another. And it's often circulated in an echo chamber. Right. And so we talk about this, like an e and maybe I guess we should define echo chamber, which I didn't look up like in actual definition but when you think about an echo chamber if you if that's truly you're in a chamber so you are enclosed in a mm -hmm. space your mind is enclosed in this space and there's things echoing all around you but to echo means you're getting the same message right that's bouncing out and bouncing back in you're not really letting other messages in that might challenge that other message or your way of already right. thinking mm -hmm. um and so that's when people say echo chamber that's typically what they mean is you're just in one realm of this messaging that's coming at you and you're not stepping outside of that right um, let's see. So for other Americans, quote unquote, fake news may mean stories that are reaching that do not have actual data or factual information or include conspiracy theories. So we kind of this is where we see the breakdown of fake news is either something that you don't like, no matter what facts are in there. Mm hmm. Or fake news is something that does not have actual data or factual information with it. Or it may just be an outright conspiracy theory. Right. But we're not taking the time as Americans to really coin it in one way or another by saying, like, this is fake news for sure. Because something that I would have considered fake before 2016, when Donald Trump says that he coined the term fake news in one way, I would I would not have thought of it that way. Yeah, I agree. And um, also in that breakdown, I just kind of came up with my own way um, and hopefully this will help you understand it. But when I was reading through that and I was thinking through it, I was like, man, the way that you just broke it down and the way that we've kind of gone through, um, it's either coming at you as a distraction or to discredit somebody or to manipulate a system. Mm. Like, I feel like, That's true. I feel like when we were talking about it and I was trying to think through it and I was like, all right. Like I'm reading these articles and I'm reading, you know, the notes that you mm -hmm. have. And I was like, man, this stuff too deep for me. How can I like <laughs> go into Daryl's world and keep it real? Yeah. And I was like, man, so basically what this saying, if I use other words um, or a better way to describe it, it's like the way that you explain it and the way that it breaks down when fake news is put out there, it's it's either coming at you and the way that the term is being used is as a distraction. Mm hmm. To discredit something or somebody and to manipulate a system or a situation. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And especially if most people think that fake news is coming from political leaders or advocacy groups, especially the manipulating a situation makes the most sense. Right. But yeah, I think it could be any one of those three things for sure. Um, going back to the Pew study, what something that it did suggest was that this made up news or fake news panic 
rather than driving people to abandon their ideological outlets, so like, okay, we're seeing all this fake news, maybe we just need to come together and do more research and fact checking and kind of like figure out where on each side the truth lies. Instead of that, what they're suggesting is that it may actually be accelerating the process of polarization by dropping news outlets, consuming less information overall for Americans to drop news outlets, consume less information overall, or even cut out their social relationships. That goes back to what we were talking about earlier yeah. about the people's, you know, stopping themselves from taking in more information. Yeah. Also, that goes back to the whole trust thing. It's like, if I can't trust you, I can't trust you. I can't trust anybody. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear from anybody. Yeah. So why have a relationship? Yeah. Why? Like, I can't trust what you're saying. I don't trust what you're saying. Everything is just, you know, not yeah. true or I can't trust what, you know, what's being said. So I don't want to hear from anybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So let's dive into the history a little yes, bit. Yes. This is where I wanted to go. <laughs> yes. We about to bust it up. So I know I'm enjoying the history of, the, yes, of our the, buzzwords. Yes. Um, so... I feel like, especially maybe for a younger generation, but I don't know, because we haven't had this term really thrown around in the media very much lately, or, I mean, this is honestly the first time I've really heard it coined in my life was right. in 2016. Um, and so let's talk about the history of fake news, because this is not just a, like, Donald Trump did not invent this in 2016. Like, this is not, this has been around for a while. So let's go all the way back to the 1700s. Fake news helped catalyze the Enlightenment period, which I was flabbergasted by. I was blown away. You yeah. know, anything around what you're about to talk about, like I have a little bit of knowledge and like those yeah. type of things interest me anyways. Yes. And when you put this out there and I was like, oh, let me go read this. I was like, oh my gosh. <gasps> right. So, it hit fake news, misinformation, misleading information helps catalyze the Enlightenment period. And this happened when the Catholic Church put out a false explanation of the 1755 Lisbon earthquake. And after they put, the, put out this false information about the earthquake, this prompted one of the political leaders of the day, Voltaire, to speak out against religious dominance. And that in turn, people were like, yeah, we're tired of religious dominance and people like the Catholic Church spreading fake news. So that catalyzed the Enlightenment period. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, fake news go all the way back to 1755. All the way back there. All yeah. the way back there. Um, misleading information helped the Nazi propaganda machines to build anti-Semitic anti fervor. Yeah. In the 1800s, this one we've been learning about actually in our um, scene on radio discussion group. Um, but in the 1800s, news articles with false and misleading information, particularly in the southern states, published false stories regarding African-American deficiencies and crimes that further perpetrated national racism. Right. And this one I wasn't surprised about. Like no. you said, we've been kind of listening and talking about it. Um, and this is probably where um, I connected the most, um, obviously, for a couple of different reasons. But um, Probably not obviously, because we didn't tell them why. Oh. 
So the reason. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I'm just jumping ahead. I'm jumping ahead. Go ahead and give it to the people so I no, can jump it's back okay. in. No, okay. I actually never put it in here so in our uh, notes. Oh. But but I want to explain this because. Double Dutch. Double Dutch. I'm jumping out. <laughs> jump out, but jump back in anytime. The reason that this happened is because black men were getting lynched in the South. Um, that is not a surprise. This is the era of Jim Crow. People, I hope people are familiar with Jim Crow. If not, go read about Jim Crow. Um, but black men were getting lynched in the South, and the factual reason that they were getting lynched is because they it was after the Civil War, and they had rights back to vote. They had rights to open businesses now. They were no longer slaves per se that's longer story so we'll stick with they're no longer slaves um and so what was happening is they were opening legitimate businesses like general stores um that kind of thing and they were creating competition mm -hmm. for the white people who also had similar businesses right well white men in particular decided to take it upon themselves to get rid of their competition right through lynching mm -hmm. well what then happened is this was compounded by the fact that there were interracial relationships between black men and white women right um that were consensual and we know this for many reasons that we could have an entire other podcast about which maybe we will sometime but anyway they were consensual but white women did not want to have their virtue stolen from them so anytime they were caught in a consensual relationship with a black man they would right. say oh no he forced himself upon me right so this led to the lynchings of plenty of black men in the South, mm -hmm. those two factors combined. And there were reporters and journalists that had the audacity in the North to write about what was actually happening. And then you had white newspapers in the South that were countering those mm -hmm. stories with their own stories that were actually not true. They were instead saying like, they said the primary reason that black men were getting lynched is because they were raping white women, yep. which was actually not true. And we know that now. So it, it's convoluted. Muddy. Very muddy. Muddy. But yeah. Very muddy. So yeah, that's why. So back to where we were i'm yes. jumping back in now so jump back in double dodge yeah that's why for me like personally i was like all right i'm with this because i've been doing the research mm -hmm. us together and been listening and learning a lot about this um but when you talk about you know white supremacy and you're talking mm -hmm. about um you know the sharing of information or news or fake news for a propaganda that benefited white people, mm -hmm. white men, you know, that, that it goes back a long time. Yeah, It goes back a long time. It does. And we, and we still, I mean, we would, we would be lying if we said that we did not see how that continues today. It may not be extreme, right? But there is continuance. I mean, that. you say it may not, be, but you know, yeah, that's true. I, I think it could be extreme. Yeah, that's true. When you're talking about some of the things that we're currently facing right now. Yeah. So. That's true. Good point. Yeah. Um, okay. So then in the 1890s, this is also very interesting. In the 1890s, a practice that became known as quote unquote yellow journalism led revi led <laughs> revival. Revivals. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> not revivals. Yellow journalism actually led rival newspapers to compete over audiences. And they did this through sensationalism and by spreading rumors that, and they would just like espouse these rumors everywhere as if they were true, but they weren't true. And the funny thing is these not true or false fake news stories played a role in leading the U.S. into the Spanish-American War of 1898. Yeah, that was new for me. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, this yeah. fake news thing go way back and it's deep. It is for real. So after that, this was like a common practice, especially among rival newspapers. Um, we were, I didn't put this in the notes, but I was looking through earlier when we were eating brunch this morning. <laughs> I was like... Oh my gosh, look at all these news stories that go way back. There was like, there was one where they were reading um, H.G. Wells. Um, and it's a, Another World. Oh, I can't. That's not the right title of this book. But H.G. Wells wrote a book about aliens that were coming to Earth from Mars. And they read this over the radio in like the early 1900s, early 1800s. People believed it. And they would, they were mobilizing. They thought this was actual news because they read it like a newscast instead of like fiction. And so people, paramedics, nurses, firefighters were mobilizing because they thought Martians were coming to Earth to take over Earth. Mm. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, that was interesting. I'll also put that one in the notes because I didn't really use that one for today. But so anyway, so that's yellow journalism. Um, there was eventually a backlash against the lack of journalistic integrity and the public demanded more objective and reliable news sources. So yellow journalism became less common until the advent of the internet. So from like 1900s to 1985, <laughs> yellow journalism happened all over yeah. again. <laughs> So the modern day fake news is different than historical fake news. And I think that we can probably all understand why. Because of social media, because of the internet, because of media and the fact that we're broadcasting in real time and live TV. Fake news is spread with speed and magnitude just that we have never seen before. So what you're telling me is, and not to group or classify, you know, certain people, but the way that fake news was used then is now people crying out about how fake news is being used. Yes. So fake news news was created, you know, way back when and how it was used was to, like I said, manipulate people or situations. And when it was benefiting them and in their favor, it was being used. But now it's like, that's fake news. Don't listen to it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. I just wanted to make sure that I was, I was, I was getting this correct. Right on the money. Okay. Okay. So let's move on from history. And I really want to tell these two stories because I think it's really important to understand how fake news is actually shaped. Um, most fake news does not come from politicians. Mm -hmm. That's correct. It does not come from journalists. Correct. It comes from people who um can exploit americans okay right so uc santa barbara did an entire study on where does fake news come from and it says and so they say unlike popular opinions cnn and fox news do not create fake news 
Fake news is created and spread by those with ideological interests, such as Russian agents. I don't think that's a big surprise, and then we don't really want to get into that because it's covered very well in probably the past four years. We've talked about the Russians. Um, computer savvy individuals looking to make money like Macedonian teenagers. So I want to tell this story because I think it's really important. So in 2016, over a hundred pro Trump websites were discovered being run by teens in Macedonia. Some tricked Trump supporters into donating money to the cause while some ran sensational clickbait headlines of stories that had zero substance. The Google AdSense accounts would compile money for these teens every time anyone would click or spread their stories. One of their stories got over 140,000 shares within, it was like within a week, with the clickbait headline, your prayers have been answered, and a picture of Trump. So they were preying on Trump supporters and right-wing religious political supporters. The teens that they interviewed from Macedonia indicated that they don't care about Donald Trump or American politics. Rather, they found a way to prey on Americans over social media, and they were they have been literally banking on the fact that people in the U.S. would most likely not do fact-checking before sharing a story to their Facebook timeline. Mm-hmm. So true. That, that kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where the titles and the headlines, and then next thing you know, they just hit the share button and they don't read the article. Yeah. You know, and half of the time it is clickbait. It really don't take you anywhere. Yeah. So I, I can believe it. You know, or you see a title and they they put a, a picture there to fit the title. Yeah. And there's like, oh, my gosh. Next thing you know, they share it to somebody else or share it, mm-hmm. you know, on their page. And it might be like I've I have been guilty of clicking a few of these that I'm like, what? And I'll click them. And, I, and it's like three sentences maybe five sentences and it doesn't really say anything except just reinforcing what the title says and so that i'm like well this isn't responsible you know journalism why did i click this but not realizing that's probably one of those Mm -hmm. sites so i have another story because this doesn't just happen in macedonia or the people from nigeria who try to trick people into getting money like it's just it's not just outside the united states right So average Americans have also figured out the game and they also contribute to fake news stories. So one man in suburban Colorado used WordPress to create the website Denver Guardian. It's a website that runs real-time weather, so the weather is real, and entirely fake news stories that are intended to prompt sharing through clickbait. In 2016, the number one headline from the site was, FBI agent suspected in Hillary email leaks found dead in apparent murder-suicide. In 10 days, the story got 1.6 million views. So they banked off that. When real journalists went in on the hunt for the person who was running the site, he openly did an interview and he stated that he was surprised how quickly fake news could spread and how easily people believed it. He wrote one fake story about how customers in Colorado marijuana shops were using food stamps to buy pot. What that turned, and this is his quote, so this is from the guy who created that fake news story. And he said, what that turned into was a state representative in the House in Colorado proposing actual legislation to prevent people from using their food stamps to buy marijuana. It wasn't even a thing. It never happened. It's just something that I made up. 
The guy behind the fake news site owns quite a few others. Him and his lead writers make between $10,000 and $30,000 per month by circulating the stories through primarily right-wing and pro-Trump forums. Wow. <laughs> wow. So this is where it comes from. The real fake news. Mm -hmm. You know, we talked about the, the CNN and the Fox where, you know, it may or may not be fake. It just may be the delivery or the agenda behind how things are, you know, phrased or reported on. But when you talk about like fake news, like the real fake news, you got these people sitting back behind their computers in the AC making ten to thirty thousand dollars. They just a write month. like four sentences. Wow. <laughs> That's how like many, and, oh yeah, this happened. <laughs> and how many people are falling victim to this, which is helping them make the money, like mm -hmm. You know, quick, quick, clicking the button yeah. and sharing, like actually read the article, educate yourself. Yeah. But that's crazy, man. Yeah. 30 grand a month for just coming up with a fake story and putting it out there because they know gullible people will click on it. Mm -hmm. Wow. You write really well. I'm. How much is a WordPress um site? <laughs> WordPress is the same as the site that we use. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You write really well, and I'm pretty creative. I know, but I do facts, and people I don't know. like data. They don't I like know. facts. I they don't know. like this. They don't like it. It's not clickbait. It's real. Good gracious. 30, okay. 30 grand a month, though? <laughs> hey, I can put some fake news out there for 30 grand. It's true. We found Jimmy Hoffa. We <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Shoo for 30 grand. <laughs> Clickbait. Um, okay, so there's two more sections. I know we're going a little bit long on this one, but I think yeah, it's worth it. It is definitely worth it. Come on, let's finish getting okay. the game. So I want to talk now about the way that fake news spreads because it's not quite as simple as like through Facebook or through Twitter or whatever. But although those are the those are the um the methods or the platforms in which it does spread. But there are three ways that it actually does spread. And that the first one is through bots. And so bots are literal, literal robots. They're devised computer programs and they're set up to have fake accounts on social media. And they're set up with the primary purpose of spreading misinformation in order to collect advertising dollars or donations from unwitting humans. Right. As of, ooh, this was, I think, end of 2019 from UC Santa Barbara. There are, so as of end of 2019, there were 23 million bots on Twitter. There are 140 million bots on Facebook. And there are 27 million bots on IG. So bots use algorithms to help, to help themselves learn and mimic human behaviors, and they are automated and systematic. They never get tired. They don't have human emotions. They don't get mad or frustrated. They never get offended, and they just keep spreading the stories and help their programmer cash in. Wow. So all those friends you think you have? <laughs> I know everybody's like, oh, man, is Aunt Clara a bot? <laughs> yeah. All those friends you think you have? Mm. Uncle Jimmy, he's a bot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so the second way that fake news spreads is through humans, through us. So humans help spread fake news via social media sites. The study I was talking about from UC Santa Barbara indicates that humans are 70% more likely to spread fake news than real news. 
this is by design. So it's almost like psychologically designed. You kind of can't, I mean, you can blame people, but you can't blame people. It's psychologically designed. There's clickbait headlines that invoke powerful emotions and they touch our core belief systems. Most users don't take the time to read the whole article or do their own research before sharing those headlines out. And like you said earlier, especially they said Facebook is the number one offender. It's because it's easy because you don't have to read the headline and because of the way that the how much text you can write when you share something and the fact that it's above what you're sharing. So if you're sharing a meme, your text will be above. It'll automatically make people read that and you can frame whatever it is that you're reposting in whatever way you want to. And most of the time, people are not going to click on that to see if what you're saying is real or not. Right. And, and they look at the heading below and the picture and they're like, oh, my gosh, did you see that? Yeah. And what do they do? Send it to somebody else. Send it to somebody else and, and maybe come up with their own story about it as well. Yep. Yeah. The third way is through micro targeting. So people should pay attention to this one. Your browsers watch your internet activity through cookies and analytics in order to try to understand what you care about. For instance, this is just a for instance, the more often you visit Bass Pro Shops online, you may get labeled by your internet as an outdoor enthusiast, potentially a second amendment, enthousi amendment enthusiast, and therefore more likely to be right wing or a Trump supporter. Bots and even the social media platforms themselves take this coded information and will show you more ads, stories, and websites that pertain to your interests and less of others. So you get stuck in your own echo chamber on social media, right. and it's hard to get other information in. You know what, though? This is what's so crazy because of the type of research that we've been doing mm -hmm. and the things that we've been listening to on history and kind of how it leads us into a bunch of different directions. Mm -hmm. I've been getting ads and things for stuff that I totally don't care about <laughs> or that does not relate to me at all. They're like, because, get your master's degree in historical archaeology. Yeah, from because, <laughs> because of the research and the stuff that yeah. we've been doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I've been getting so much stuff and I'm like, oh, no, like, what is this? <laughs> and it is so random for me because the type of searches that I do are research, historical context, and not just yeah. on one subject area. I mean, we go from across the spectrum. You know, on, on history, then we're talking about interracial relationships, and mm -hmm. then we're talking about higher education, and then we're talking about, for it's me, true. racism, and, mm -hmm. and like all of this just random stuff just come up, and I'm just like, what? Yeah. What in the world? Um, so for us, if, if you want to mess that algorithm up, do what we do and start <laughs> just researching and, and learning more Best about everything. And you Best will Excel get, formula. You know, you'll get everything. Racism. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, that's true. Yes, but how, that is how fake news kind of gets pushed out into the world and recirculated and recirculated so quickly. Do you think, this is my question to you, do you think that there are some populations that are more vulnerable to fake news than others? I do. Um, I think that, um, the, the mainstream, you know, the, the younger generation, because a lot of the, the information that they get and how they get it typically comes through, um, like culture. So, you know, like, 
I don't want to say like hip hop, but like, you know, culture and things that go on. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where they pick it up and that's where they learn it from it. And those are some of the things that are entertaining to them that matters. So if someone can tap into that and drop some fake news in there, it just kind of rolls with everything else that's going on. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so I do feel like that group and, and it's not specifically around a, a certain you know, race or anything like that, but just culture itself mm -hmm. and anyone that's kind of immersed in that. Um, Cause I have friends that like, I know and, and I watch and see some of the things that they post and how it comes through in the memes and who um, are the creators of, of those memes if they give them credit. And I'm just like, ah, I see it. It's all like culturally related. Mm -hmm. And also that's where some of the misinformation mm. um, is coming in or the, you know, perception of certain information is coming in and I'm just like, ah, I get it. It makes sense. Like I'm going to ask you to just not rely on that, but to also do your own research mm. and not just the cultural, but then also there's a lot of pride in that because yeah. we were talking about it earlier in um, some of the, you know, the news outlets and media outlets that don't really share certain sides of the story. And the culture feels like they have to do it yeah. for the culture. Yeah. Um, but also, it creates that bias. And it puts you in that, you know, that echo chamber. Hmm. So, that's just my own personal feeling and from a lot of the people that I associate with. So, that's where yeah. I see it at the most. I was say, we have very, very different social media yeah, so, timelines, yes. friends, oh my followers. Gosh people we follow yes it's very very different so on my side that's that's kind of okay. where i see it at because my side i'm like it's the complete opposite oh i'm like again and not to like put a stereotype or anything but i would say that it's people who are maybe um in the little bit older age range who oh, are not okay. used to having you know the internet constantly at their fingertips or maybe not used to doing research over the internet maybe they don't know that you should use google scholar to get empirical research versus like wikipedia not that wikipedia is always bad sometimes i use it um yeah but you know i can see that when i'm going through your timeline <laughs> i don't be like when i say this like i don't want it to be taken the wrong way because i don't smack old people but i just like oh my gosh i just want to smack you like you actually shared that on my wife's timeline like you actually i'm just like, like oh my where did like, you what are you thinking case? like i want to smack you but but I, also I think about this people, but yeah is that for the for older generations they may not be there's not really a pc way for me to say this say it it may be that like one, once you're set in your ways, yep. it's hard to change your ways. I, I get it. That's, Does that make sense? You ain't got to say that PC. I know. I'm not trying to like be offensive. I just think, I mean, even for me, I'm noticing like Can't the older I get. Can't teach old dog new tricks. That's what, what I was going to say, but I didn't want to say that. But I feel like even for me. I said it. The older I get, there are things I'm just like, oh, I just don't want to change that part of like, I'm just going to hang on to this, right? And I think probably the older you get, the more you want to hang on to things and not have as much of an open mind about other things. Yeah. 
I don't know. Anyway, I want to get to... Yes, come on. Yes, I know we're, get, we're getting close, but I want to get to this last part is how can you protect yourself? Right, let's do that. We want to leave you with some nuggets. Yes. Okay, so in thinking about fake news, you know, um, I think that there are efforts. What I, what I said was I reached out to the people who followed me on Instagram. Some people think that social media should be, um, they should be regulating fake news posts. Some people think that that is, they should not be doing that. Um, either way, there have been some crackdowns on all of social media to try to take away as much misinformation or, or poor facts, fake news as they can. Um, it's not always going to happen and there's always bots, right? So some things that you can do to protect yourself is be vigilant about fake news websites. Fake news authors have a very vested business interest in getting as many people to click on their site as possible. So they often will name their website something similar to a reputable organization. For instance, a mirror of the New York Times website, which is www.nytimes.com, is the fake news website www.nytimes.com.co. And so it's a mirror, it just has a few extra characters at the end. So you really have to check the websites that you're at. You should do that anyways, though. Even when you get them in your email yes. and you see who it's <laughs> coming from and you look up there and you're like, what? I got an email from XYZPPQRSD.com. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what? Please check them. <laughs> but they have a name in front of it, though. So the name looks familiar and it's like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Please check them. Yeah. Um, PolitiFact and Facebook put together a list of 330 fake news websites that they could identify. So we can drop that in the show notes. Um, fact check before you share. So take, take some responsibility and fact check your story before you share it. Um, protect your technology against abusive cookies. One way is by installing an anti-tracker software. Another is simply by logging out of one website before jumping on another to avoid carrying over your personal history, especially to social media outlets. I'm not good at this. I have like 17 browsers open at the same time all the time. So my cookies are everywhere. <laughs> one last note that I thought was important in talking about like communication via fake news in the time of political, you know, whatever, is just to think about it's important that we value truth, right? And so if you see somebody passing on fake news, yes, value, value truth, value facts, value data, but also correcting people can be very delicate. So, and I think that people get very defensive about the things that they believe and they may believe a lot of things that they don't want to do fact checking for. Um, but I still think it's important to be humble if you decide you're going to approach a conversation with somebody and just like maybe go back and listen to our communication episodes before yeah. approaching people about their passing on of fake news or values that are just not. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. That was a lot of information. That was. So we're going we gonna to wrap it up real quick. Y'all know I yeah. like to kind of bring it full circle. So we talked about fake news. Fake news is not a new thing. No. The concept of fake news has been used all the way back to what? 1755 is what we tracked it back to. Mm -hmm. um, and it had Probably before that. Yeah, probably before That's... that. And it have 
many different reasons as to why um, people will use it or also how people will identify it. Mm -hmm. um, so just make sure that you're doing your due diligence, that if you hear something is fake news by doing your own research, but also is that you're not sharing fake news if it is really indeed fake. And one of the things that we're not going to tell you what to do, but if you just don't agree with something or you just can't, you know, get in line with something, don't just automatically deem it as fake news. Like, yeah. you know, agree. try to do better and, and learn more. Um, that would be the only thing that I encourage you to do. Yeah. So fake news is not a new thing. Um, and we wanted to bust that buzzword. And I, I think tonight we did Yeah. Um, with kind of giving you some of the context of where we are creating the framework for right now in 2020, but also giving some of the historical context of how fake news has come to the forefront from way back to where we started 1755 until now 2020. Yep. So that's all we got for tonight. Yes. Until the next time. Bye. Peace. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe on any podcast platform and make sure that you rate us. Also, we do have a YouTube channel if you prefer to watch our antics. And we also provide closed captioning. And if you want to know more about us, go check us out on our website at successinblackandwhite.com. Or you can reach out to us directly on social media. My social media handle is I am Daryl Lovett on all platforms. And mine is April Dawn Lovett on all platforms.